This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. What is the first thing that you would do if you had an extra hour in your life? Oh, the first thing I just thought was, oh, I'm going to need more than an hour to fit that stuff in. But I, the fact is a lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. I know that is for me. That's a big thing, uh, especially you get older. <laughs> um, and the question, you know, time for what? What would you do? Would it actually make you feel better? What is it that you feel you're missing? In order, you know, that that would make it better. Um, and and one of the ways to sort of help figure out that out is, is therapy. It can help you find out what matters most to you so you can do more of it or focus on what it is that you're spending your time on that, that maybe isn't giving you that that sort of fulfilling experience. Um, and it's interesting because a lot of times people talk about therapy or they talk about mental health or it's about uh, trauma or it is about, you know, like like a, a great amount of pain or anything. And those things are all very valid and everything. But also, you know, in some ways there's stumbling blocks. Uh, there is sort of a, something indefinable that you're having a hard time getting to that maybe is stopping you from feeling as confident as you can, as good as you can. And, you know, therapy uh, is, is one way to go after that. If you are thinking of starting therapy, you can give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online, is designed to, be, designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire, you'll get matched with a licensed therapist. You may switch therapists at any time you like for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today to get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. You are listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 96, sponsored by Jim Hanley's Universe and Netflix. Put down the suitcase he's already left town. I know Sunday feels like Monday with you around. I'm working on Lesson Zero. She's watching that Robert De Niro film where he wakes up the hero. Fanboys Pick of the Week podcast, where Ron, Connor, and Josh discuss the new releases of the comics. Be forewarned, for there are spoilers in this episode, and if ye haven't read ye comics, then thou shalt get to it. This is California Kevin, signing out. Well, thank you, California Kevin. Yes, thank you. It's always good to hear from you. He ye. was angry. He or was. Forced, not angry so much as forceful. Yes, exactly. You were going to not have you spoiled if, you, <laughs> if he opens the show. Um, and to remind everybody, that was a intro that was sent in by one of our listeners, and we are actively soliciting um, you all to send in your intros. Um, so if you want to record it yourself and send us an MP3 or a WAV file, or you can call the voicemail line and, and record and record the intro there. Uh, we always love to have other people do our work for us. So. Yes. What, what, where can they send those? They can send those to contact at ifanboy.com. There you go. Yeah. Uh, what California Kevin didn't know because he's in California, and how would he know, really? Yeah. Uh, is that Josh is not on the show this week or next week. He is actually on vacation. Driving on the left-hand side of the road in lovely uh, Ireland. Ireland. Back he's, in the homeland. Yes, he's returned to his roots. Um, so he's not here. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we miss him. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, in that case, Ron, you've got the pick. I, I did have to pick. I did, you didn't do it. I did it this week. Yeah, so um, so when I looked at my initial list, at the shipping list this week, I had four books. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh, fuck. It was a weird week. I had no Marvel books whatsoever. I really? It was a weird Marvel week. Book. It was. I think this is like, you know how every now and then there's like that, that fifth week and like all that kind of stuff that happens? This is one of those weeks, I It think. was very strange. Um, but so, I only had four books on my shipping list, but at the end of the day, I ended up getting, um, let's see, five... Uh, for some more. I ended up getting like six or seven books. I took some risks on some things. When you got a light week, you can pick up extra books. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I was hoping that I'd find a Dark Horse, not a book from Dark Horse, but a Dark Horse in right. the running. Um, and a sleeper. Yeah, sure enough, I did find one. I know that when, when, when the pick came up, you wrote the review on ifanboy.com, and I said, tell me when the pick comes. Uh, I think I said, Jesus. Yeah, I believe that's exactly <laughs> what you said. Um, yeah, because my dark horse, my sleeper pick was Action Comics number 855. 
<laughs> I'm still a little bit speechless. There's not a more unlikely pick, I think, than that book. I honestly don't think I, I ever would have picked Action Comics ever as the pick of the week. Well, because it's important to note that, and this is where we get into a little historical, a little self-indulgence here, so bear with me. But um, we've talked about before, when you grow up reading comics and you grow up um, you know, checking you know, check them out, and oftentimes you're molded by the first comics you're given – or similar to the way that you inherit a baseball team yep. or a football team, some sort of allegiance. I grew up with allegiance to Marvel for whatever right. reason. Spider-Man, X-Men, those are always within arm's reach. I knew Batman. I knew Superman. I saw the movies. I watched the Biff Van Pow show in the 60s, which I love, by the way. Yeah. I think it's a, hard, a bad rap. No, anyway. it's a great show. For what it is. It's yep. great. Um, but I never really connected to the, to, the, to, the, to, the, to the DC comics. I watched Super Friends, you know, that kind of stuff. It wasn't until the late 90s that I got into Flash and Green Lantern and then JLA – and then now I'm into JSA. I bought 52. I'm fairly, I'm fairly in. You're, in, you're in deep enough yeah, where it's not like you're not, you don't try stuff. There. But I can never just do Batman or Superman. Right. Um, I tried buying this, uh, was it Action Comics or just Superman when Jim Lee and Brian Azzarello were it doing Superman. it? It was Superman. I bought it. It made that, no sense. That made no sense. That no, was, I, was that in English? I still don't know what it was about. Yeah, that was, the, that was crazy. Um, and I dropped it because I was like, this just, this makes no sense. Um, I started buying action comics when Jeff Johns and Richard Donner started doing it with right. with the Kubert with A Kubert. One of them. Um, that you say A Kubert, and, and then you're right. One. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and I dropped that because that was just a big old mess. Well, did did you drop or did it drop you? It dropped me. That's a right. very good point. That's one of the few times comics give up on you. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I've been burned by Superman twice now. So are you gonna buy the cl- conclusion to the? Fuck no. 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 Is, God, is it no. like the annual. No, I'm done. Week? I don't care. Right, I'm okay. done. I don't care. I didn't like the Zod design anyway. So. All right. Um, you, you know, fool me once, <laughs> shame <laughs> on you. <laughs> fool me seven times, shame <laughs> on me. And that was what the thinking going into Action Comics number eight fifty five because it's Jeff Johns and Richard Donner back on the title. Right. Um. Pencils not by A. Kubert, but by Eric Powell of the Goon fame. Right. So now what we've got here is we've got a title, a character that I don't normally read right. by an artist who everybody has told me I need to be, to be reading mm-hmm. in terms of the Goon that I just haven't read. I got Satan's Sodomy Bay because it was awesome. And you loved it. And I loved it. I want to read more Goon. I'm definitely going to go back and pick some more. I've got a Goon this. trade that I still haven't cracked open. It's okay, on my stack I... of big stacko comics. It's from the. It's from San Francisco. From March. Well, no, I still got books from that. It's trip from too, March. You know? I haven't yeah. gotten through that whole stack yet, yeah. but I've got a Goon trade in there. Yeah, I'll haven't... definitely be borrowing that because I loved Action Comics number eight fifty five. It was great. It was. Um, it was a. So what we've got is we've got Johns and Donner back on the book, not connected to the previous story arc. And I don't even know much about Superman or continuity. I don't think this is connected to any kind of ongoing continuity at all. This seems like the first issue of a first of, of, a, of a first story arc. Mm-hmm. Um, if you know enough about Superman, you know that he has Mom Pa Kent, and you know that Bizarro, who Bizarro vaguely is the basics of the, the basics, character. Which if you I think watch the cartoon, yeah. or if you so, you know if, if you know everyone knows Mom Pa Kent. Yeah, and I mean, every and everyone should know that Bizarro is a botched clone of Superman. Not um, in that though. I don't care. I'm just saying in general. He's like Superman, but backwards. Right, right, yeah, right. And he's kind of zombie. He's not literally. You know? In the cartoon, he was a, was a botched clone of Superman. Right, right. Wasn't he? I think in this he is, too. I think Superman said that he's a part... He, when he's explaining it to Ma Kent, um, he says, um, he's my imperfect clone. He has most of my memories, but they're all mixed up. So oh, I just planet? housed you on DC so continuity. where did the planet come from, then? I don't know. Fuck no, I don't know. See? Anyway, so... And that right there yeah. is why I didn't buy this one. Really? I didn't buy... I, I, we were at the store together, and, and, and people were making a hard case for me to buy this book. And I picked it up on the shelf, and I opened it up, and I was like, okay, I like the art. Yep. Uh, and then I kept turning through it, and... I saw the, the the square planet yep. and the bizarro well, talk, and wait, I said, "Well, you don't it's like going bizarro." Back on the shelf, and that was one of my things that I like. Yeah. That that gave me a little a little you know um, gleeful pleasure in picking this because it would make <laughs> you talk about bizarro. But essentially, so R- Jeff Johns, Richard Donner, tell a story. It starts off with Mom Pa Kent, and Pa Kent gets kidnapped by Bizarro in, right. the, in the first two pages. And so uh, what happens then is Clark goes and explains to Ma what's going on that Bizarro is is crazy and blah blah blah. Um, and he goes up to the Fortress of Solitude, which is the Superman movie Fortress of Solitude, which, now, is, the, which is the yeah. yeah, which is that. And he talks to um, he talks to his father, who does not look like the neck anymore, <laughs> George or George Lucas, Lucas like A. Kubert <laughs> drew him. Um, and for some reason, he says that he can help him, and that what I thought was interesting is that he goes off on the ship. That I swear to God, I had that toy. 
It looks like it. Remember the ship, the super, the blue Superman ship with the two fists? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It looks just like that it one. Does. I like the art a lot. And so the art, well, yeah, I'll get to the art in a second. So he, so, so uh, Jor El gives Superman the ship and says, "You need." He's at he's at a planet under a blue sun, mm-hmm. and blue sun. This planet happens to be a, is in the shape of a square, which right. is the opposite of Earth. Don't ask me how or why. I don't know. I don't that's, care. That's the yeah. I don't. I don't care. I don't know. All right. And um, and under a blue sun, apparently Superman, his powers are even more expanded stronger more stronger and he might even develop new powers um which means also that the same thing for bizarro right so he gets there and he lands on this planet and what he finds is the is a is a bizarro filled populate populated metropolis right bizarro yep, metropolis yep, yep, yep. right down to bizarro lois, lois lane who is with clark kent and happy a bizarro jimmy olsen and then what happens is that clark is Clark gets very angry at Bizarro and goes, you know, I, and it, which was I thought was great, which was fantastic. There, there was a um, well, it's always great when they allow Superman to show emotion other than stoicism. Yeah, because what happens is that what happens is that the the everybody attacks him, thinking that he's Bizarro, right? Because Bizarro has a secret identity on this planet as Clark Kent, <laughs> which is very funny, and everybody hates Bizarro as opposed to loving Superman. Right, yeah. So everybody attacks him, and he says, "I'm not Bizarro," and then he pulls off Bizarro's suit to show that he's not Clark Kent; he's actually Bizarro. And they get into a fight, and Bizarro gets pissed because he blew his um, blue suit. Turns out one of the powers that he gets under the blue sun is he can spit fire. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever, it's fine. Um, And then finally, so they finally start fighting. Bizarro's pissed at Superman because he's given up his secret identity. Superman's pissed at Bizarro because he stole his dad. And (laughs) what happens is finally Superman breaks, and he goes, damn it, I've tolerated you. I felt sorry for you, but I haven't been angry with you. And they throw down, and they fight. And turns out they end up going to – and what happens is is that – Bizarro does has some sort of blue eye ray power mm-hmm. that makes um, a whole bunch of other Bizarro start pulling off of Superman. That's weird. Yeah, which is kind of weird. And so they all start they all start kind of overtaking him. And he goes to a, a small little flashback. He gets not he gets knocked unconscious. He goes to a small little flashback of him and Pa Kent. And it's the typical you can't play football. You're not like everybody else. Right. That sort of thing. And when he comes to, he's in the Bizarro um, Fortress of Solitude. And Bizarro breaks a crystal as opposed to delicately putting it in the thing, and we see Pa Kent jammed up in the in the gla- in the crystal where Jor-El would appear, and that's how it ends. Um, it sounds fun, but I just can't get beyond the uh, Bizarro. And I just retold the story. I apologize, right. well, I no, but it made that. sense though because yeah, you didn't no. read it. So yeah, I mean, it sounds like a good time. What was it about? I mean, what what was it about the book that you? What I liked about the book was that I thought the story was accessible, mm-hmm. that you didn't have to know years and years of, of Superman continuity. Right. And honestly, the art just blew me away. It's, Eric Powell. It's fantastic art. It, it's reminiscent of, and I said this in the review on iFanboy.com, it's reminiscent of the old Max Fleischer Superman. Yep. Um, he's got a barrel chest, and you could tell he's strong, but he's not on. He's, he's not, not overly Guinness. muscled. Either. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought Bizarro had just enough bit of terror to him. He looks monster, li- yeah. monster like, little zombie like, but not. Um, I love little things, you know, little things like the the Daily Planet sign and just like mm-hmm. all the kind of stuff. I don't mind Bizarro speak. It's not doesn't it doesn't drive me crazy as crazy as uh, Zatanna speak. Really? Um, which drives me nuts. I can't. I, I can't read backwards. It, uh. it hurts my eyes. So I don't know. It just. It just. It. It. it bl- honestly blew me away. And so the takeaways of this is that I'm not going to be reading Superman ongoing, but right. I'll read this arc. Right. And if I want, if somebody wanted to know what is a good Superman comic, I would hand them this. And would you on stay t- on this as long as Eric Powell is, yes. is on it? Yeah. And on top of that, I will be picking up the goon or borrowing your goon because now I'm on board. I'm on board. Well, I'm, not, I'm, I'm looking forward more towards the goon because I hadn't yeah. really seen it. Even though I had the trade, I hadn't really actually looked in it. He's got a great – I don't know what it is. It's a je ne sais quoi, have you? It's a little bit um, of – it's a little bit um, – I saw in the beginning a little bit sick pencil-y. It's not, it's not cleanly inked, yeah. which I like. I mean, and it's, and it's interesting because he definitely, he definitely is able to set the mood based on the setting. Mm-hmm. The look is different in Kansas than it is in the Fortress of Solitude, than it is on the Bizarro planet, right. than it is in the flashback. Right. You know, and and that's also part of the colors. I mean, um, Dave Stewart's on colors, so you've got you know, so it, you know, it's a good team. It's a it's definitely a great team, and um, I'm very 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 impressed. Cool. So, um, well, if it wasn't about Bizarro, I'd buy it. Yeah. Well, now the book that I thought had a chance right. to be the pick of the week was um, the Mice Templar number one uh, out by Image Comics, um, and it was a three ninety nine issue. Michael Avon Oming and Brian Glass J L Glass. Yeah. So Brian J. L. Glass wrote it, art art by Mike Oming. Oming and him plotted it. Yep. Three ninety nine and it's like it's thick. Thick. Is it forty eight pages? It's yeah, it's, I think it's about forty eight pages. They don't number them anymore, but it's thick. Yeah. Um and this is what we've been hearing about for several, several months. It's part of the little animal 
warrior renaissance. Revolution, really. Um, um, it's uh, little animals are the new are the new um, zombies. That's true. Yeah, this was a mess. <laughs> I just totally blew out the whole system. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> there was it was too much. Yeah. Well, first off, this is going to get a lot of co- natural now, but, com- natural comparisons to Mouse Guard. And you know what? So be it. I so mean, be it. they're, they're mice. They're mice. Two mice warrior books with swords and and. You're gonna get compared to to Mouse Guard, and it's completely different. Yep, it's a different feel. This one's more uh, Mouse Guard's. I feel like it's more it's more lyrical. You know, it's it's more mythical. Right. Whereas this is more like just fighting action. action. Yeah. Well, well, well. Let's. I mean, and even more so. I think in the stories, it's important to note because both involve the idea of a, a mice a mouse society, and both involve an idea of a ma- of a mouse warrior order. Right. The difference being that Mouse Guard is a tale of. A, of young warriors being brought up in an existing society, right? Whereas Mice Templar is is more so. What so the way I see it um, is Mouse Guard is almost like Lord of the Rings slightly, mm-hmm. yeah. And Mice Templar is more like Star Wars: A New Hope because what you've got is you've got the Mouse Order is long gone, and you've got it is and you've Star got Wars a con- you've got a conflict that occurs that pulls an old warrior in, yep. And you've got a new warrior introduced, so. Um, yeah, I mean, well, we'll tell them the story. What is the? How does, well, how does I don't even out? know because it was a mess. It was there were it was there were too many, way too many characters. And the problem you have was when you've got mice, yeah, uh, and there's like forty mice, yeah, you can't really tell them apart. It was very hard to tell who was who. It was and there's, mouse guard also has that problem. But since there's only five of them or right. so, you can figure it out eventually. This one there's. I didn't know who I was following at any given moment. I didn't know who the names were. Like the thing is, like the names you know, are really complex. You know what? You know what? Next issue should have, or if they don't do it, they should have the checkmate page of this is Dyson, this yep. is this is this is Loki or whatever. Names are. Yeah, yeah, whatever the names are, because I, it's definitely had a hard time knowing who was who. Um, I mean, it looks good, and and it was very actiony, but. I didn't know what the stakes. I didn't know who was fighting who or why. Well, I got that. I mean, I, it was ambitious, if anything. And, sure. And I thought we got we got the history I it of the was society. Ambitious, the yes, problem. I there agree. There was no. We were thrust into the middle of a story, and the story is so foreign from our from our comfort zone. We could be yeah. thrust into a story of people doing familiar things and catch on. Right. But when you're thrust into the middle of a mice society and they're in the middle of fighting and everybody's got long, complex names and you don't know the relationships. Yep. Uh, it's too much. Yeah, it's too much. Apparently, Oming's been developing this for. There's a timeline in the back, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure if that's how much of that is to prove that he's been doing this before Mouse Guard. <laughs> but um, apparently, since '98. Right. So he's been developing this for a long time, and I almost wonder if he Boy, suffered. If that's true. Imagine he, how pissed he was when Mouse Guard came out. Oh yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is David Peterson? Um, but it's not even the size of a comic book. Um, <laughs> I think he suffered. I think he suffered from nine years of development. Yeah, in, in, in that got over ambitious. He knows the story in his head yeah. really well. We don't. I don't have any idea what, what it is. Right. And I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have to have a hard, a hard think about whether or not I'm gonna get the next one because I'm. I'm gonna get the next one because the fight scenes were there at the end of the book. I got it. Mm-hmm. Like I got it. You know, in in a very Mike Romo kind of way. I got it. But it, it just it felt like work to get through. It you did know? at times. I mean, following the characters, it was a, it was definitely a, definitely a tough. Read. When you've got a forty eight page book yeah. and the story's moving and it's clicking, it's great. But when it's a forty eight page book and you can't figure out what's going on from page to page or who the people are. I was literally – it was one of the first books I read and I was just like, oh my god, I just want to get through this to get to the, the other books. Right. And it was just tough. I, um, I don't think it needed to be 48 pages or no. how many pages it was. You could have done a 32-page. You could have – I mean I know you're excited about it, but you're, it's more important to grab me with this first issue than it is to weigh me down. And I felt yeah, as if it got weighed the down. the opposite effect. I felt as if it got weighed down big time. So. Uh, my pick of the week was Teen Titans number 50, which um, if you are a Bart fan – if a lot of people were pissed off that Bart got killed. Bart Allen. Bart Impulse. Allen. Impulse. Flash. Flash. Kid Flash. Flash. Uh, he died recently. A lot of people were mad he he died. A lot of people were mad he didn't get the tribute that people thought he should. Um, in, I didn't think so. Well, no, but a lot of people did. Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, I, I disagree with people, that. People, uh, he got his funeral and countdown, but he didn't really get much treatment in, yeah. in the Flash book itself. Um, in Teen Titans 50, it's all about Bart. Oh, wow. Um this is Sean McKeever's first issue. Sean McKeever's first issue, but it's an all-star cast Ooh. of creators. So let me go through the list for you. Right oh, here. fantastic! You know how I love the rotating artists. Um, Sean McKeever and Randy Green, which is the new team, they do the framing tale and then the inter- inter- interspersing stories. Okay. But in, in with that, we the have the writers. The writers. 
what? Sean McKeever and this. Randy Green's the artist. Oh, okay. Oh, all right. And then in between that, we've got flashback stories by Jeff Johns and Mike McCone. Oh. Who did they did Titans? Yeah, I'm, yeah, I love that. I and read then that. Yeah. you've got a Marvel from George Perez story. No shit, really? And you've got a Todd DeZago, Todd Nowak story from Young Justice. You're kidding me. No, this was fantastic. Why didn't I fucking buy this? I don't know. But what, Give me what, it. What, what, no. what, what, let me make you one more point. Last week we talked about George Perez and artists who, as they get older, the art changes. And you said yeah. that Brave and the Bull doesn't look like George Perez's old art. D- don't tell me this looks Here's like Here's George Perez's old art. This, this, let me find it for you, is... Is what it is. And while I'm looking here, I'm going to tell you the story is the Titans come back from wherever they are. Yeah. And it's the new team. which It's is a jumping on point, right? It's a totally jumping on point. The new team of Robin and Wonder Girl and Supergirl and Mar- Miss Martian. It's a very heavy girl. So we've got a jumping on point for Superman, jumping on yep. point for Mass Templar. Jumping and on Ravager for and Kid Devil are the new team. But they're, they're met with um, Cyborg and Changeling and Raven and Star, Starfire and Flash. Oh. And they are dedicating a Bart statue in front of the Titans Tower and that's nice. They all start telling stories of the of of the past and then you get these flashbacks. So you get the Titans era flashback where oh Wally God. Wally remembers being Kid Flash and have, having and being um, uncertain and relating that to his feelings about Bart. This looks great. Yeah, that Ron's right now looking at the George Perez story. This is amazing. Um, and then there's the Marv Wolfman, I mean not Marv Wolfman, the Todd Dewalk Jung Justice era where they remember uh, I like how time. he's watching the Tiny Titans. Yeah, the Tiny Titans. <laughs> Shout out there. Um, it's just a great. It's a great trip through everybody's feelings towards Bart, and then plus there's a story in it that's going to lead off the Sean McKeever era, where the um, if you have read Titans, there was one storyline where they went into an alternate future where that they were yep. all adults and they ruled the world as as like Robin was Batman, and yep. and those guys are now back and they took out the Justice League. Oh wow! So, and then at the end they show up. To, to fight the Titans. You know, it's so funny because I I was back in the store today, comic book store today, um, because I forgot to get Wolverine last week. <laughs> Don't ask me why. Um, and I paused and I looked at this and I, and I moved on. Now yeah. I'm going to go back and pick this up. Tomorrow. Everyone, and there was lots of people on our message board forums who were annoyed about the sh- short shrift Bart got. should go back and get Titans 50. This has got all the love for Bart that you want in it. Yeah. It's got a, a little shout out to the Young Justice team, which, you know what? I really like that series, but as I'm finding out now, it was like a seminal book for lots of people. That oh yeah, I'm sure. I yeah, no. think a was, lot of our listeners have written and saying that that, that think, it was. I think we. It's like um, it was a lot of people's jumping on point. You know mm-hmm. how you're 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 tied to those books that were big when you came on the scene. Yeah, we were. You know, we were. We came on much earlier, so it's not. Yeah. I, I like the book, but I don't hold any special allegiance towards it. But people right. who just started reading comics seem to really gravitate toward, kind of well, like Marvel from George Perez Titans for people a little bit older than us. Exactly, yeah. Because um, the thing is, the Teen Titans in the DC universe is that ex- if you're a, if you're a teenager, it's, your, it's, it's your accessible. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's the it's the, it's it was when it started with Marvel from George Perez, it was supposed to be DC's X Men. And that was the book that saved DC Comics from absolutely from, yeah. from going under. I have the um, X Men Teen Titans crossover. I have, book. I, I have, the cover's falling off though. I need a better copy. Um, but this is this. Not only is this a great story, but this is leads me really excited for where this book's going to go because I Teen Titans is for me almost a core of the DC universe. It's, yeah. Well, you're a, a, a Dick Grayson Nightwing guy, right? But so, I mean, yeah. you, it's it's always been there, almost. Yeah. And it's it's always. You always get to. If I always it, been there, you mean since the since the early eighties? <laughs> no, no, no. The Titans came out in the sixties. Oh, they did. Yeah. Oh, they did. I didn't yeah, know the mod, the mod. Teams. Oh, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, the mod villains. Yeah, oh. they first appeared in the Brave and the Bold. I don't know shit. Um, but <laughs> that's what nobody knows. It's a big secret. It's, it's like um, it's 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 the the new bloods. That's where you get the new blood. You get the new yeah. heroes. It's it's the exciting part part of the of yeah. the. You know, the Justice League can get laden down in the in the heaviness of Superman, Batman. Right. And this is where you have you have the team book, but it's also fun, and it's got. It's got – it's as much about that – there's one thing I really like to see in this book that, that I think Marvel did really well is you've got a bunch of teenage heroes. Half of those books are about the fighting and the other half was about their, all of them falling in love with each other and all Well, honestly, if you can think of anybody doing it, McKeever is one McKeever, of those guys yeah. made for it. they so. got to bring that element back to the Teen yeah. Titans because that, it's just as important. If you're a teenager and you're 16 and you're hanging around a bunch of other 16-year-olds and you're all in great shape and you're all yeah. fighting for your lives every week, you're going to all fall in love with each other all like a rotating cast of – right. Of, uh, I love Wonder Girl. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's cute. She is. Um, um, but this is great. Teen Titans 50, I cannot... I cannot... I'm going to pick it up tomorrow. Recommend highly. I, I missed the boat. I apologize. Um, right, cool. Another great book that I almost did not buy was 52 Aftermath, The Four Horsemen Number 1. I did not buy this either. Which is a six-issue miniseries. And 
when they first announced the DC the fifty two spinoffs, I wasn't going to buy like any of them. And then I started reading about them, and they started piquing my interest. This one got me simply because it's starring Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. It's the it's, it's the it's the, it's the what Trinity. What was great about this book, and it was so nice to be surprised. Okay, was it's written by Keith Giffen. Oh, interesting. Written, not plotted. Written. Okay. Dialogue. He writes Superman and Batman how I wish everyone would write them. They're really? written as an old. They're written like a buddy comedy, kind of like Midnight Runnish. Oh. Like, they're two guys who are annoyed by each other, but they're friends, and they've known each other forever, and they've been through a lot. Kind of like us and Josh. Right. So they, 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 (laughs) there's a lot of, like, they're very comfortable and relaxed, but there's also, like, a lot of, like, backhanded complimenting of each other. There's lots of, like, quips and not over Tension under the radar. Yeah, a little, it's a little jokey, because there's a lot of, you know, you're an idiot underlying tension. But it's, but at the same time, the affection is there, and... And they're very comfortable, so they, they can talk to each other like they, they don't talk to other heroes. Right. And they're not really written like that anymore. They're either written at each other's throats or annoyed completely with each other. But this yeah. is like – you can tell even though they are sometimes annoyed with each other that they're having fun cool. being who they are. Um, and they're very – and they know each other so well that they – it's like they just jump into it. They can work together. How are we going to play this? Huh. Like, you know, we're going to do this So way. I did not buy this. I haven't bought any of the – I'm not buying any of the 52 spinoffs. Booster Gold, you're not buying that. I bought Booster Gold. Fuck. Yeah. And I wasn't going to buy any of the Countdown spinoffs, but I bought Countdown to Adventure, but we'll talk about that a bit. Um, is this worth – should this, I go this, back and pick this up? Basically, the plot of this one is those four horsemen that the crazy scientists made that, yep. caught, that basically caused Black yeah. Adam to snap in 52 yep. are now loose. So mm-hmm. Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman are – Oh. It seems to be tasked in bringing this, them in. When does this take place in the continuity? I don't know. It's You can't work <laughs> it out, Ron. But this takes before the Justice League reformed? or It's just a side, <laughs> alongside it. Um, but this is really fun, I think. And good. I think if you like 52, this is one of the better ones. Keith Giffen was basically you know, the architect of 52, and he's yeah. writing this. So it works perfectly well in uh, Superman gets bit by a monster. Batman calls him the other white meat. <laughs> nice. So I th- I think this was a lot of fun. This was a surprise pick. This is cool. next to Booster Gold, probably the most enjoyable fifty two spinoff wow. I've read. Who knows? Which was awesome. So um so the last book that was really in the running for me for um to be the pick of the week w- was Local Number Ten mm-hmm. uh, by Brian Wood and Ryan Kelly, published by Oni. Um, I can't wait for this trade to come out. You, oh my God, I can't wait for you to That's, get this trade. I'm, re- I'm literally, it's hard not to buy this English. So, I just so for those it. who don't know, local is it, it's one shot stories that take place in different um, cities around the around North America. Um, this issue happens to be Austin, Texas, um, and what's really interesting is that it's one shots, mm-hmm. but they're similar to what Paul Dini was is, has been doing with Detective Comics. There's an underlying story. There's an underlying story, exactly. Is it the same and, character? Uh, yeah, it's the same character and family of characters. Um, I think the reason why I didn't pick this one is because this one was the depressing drama uh. one, and whereas the last issue, I believe, which is the one that took place in Ch- Chicago, maybe, or not Chicago, there was an issue recently that, I think number nine, that was so awesome, and I wish it was my pick that week, because it was right. so, so good, and I think we probably talked about it. But um, essentially what's happened is that we, we've been introduced to this main character, um, this, this girl who keeps moving around. Um, and, is she in the Witness Protection Program? Uh, she's not in the Witness Protection Program. She's just one of those people, you know? She's a nomad. She's a little bit of a nomad, um, and her name is Megan. And what has happened in the, in the last issue was she found out that her mother passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, and this issue is the reaction of her, her brother's reaction to that happening. So she's in this, but only in flashbacks and in throw, throwaways. This is mainly her brother's in the spotlight in Austin, and his, he's, uh, he's taken after his father, um, and he's just kind of a fuck up, and he's a drunk, and, and it's a lot of very emotional. I mean, like, if you want right. to talk about emo comics and not, <laughs> not like, not what of you know like were this, you drained after reading it were you it was a little draining it, yeah. yeah it was a little especially because I was so excited and it just brought me down and it, what's great is that is that Brian and Ryan are approaching this book almost like each issue is like a trade because mm-hmm. each issue we get a little um, essay from them as long as the music listens and, and this issue appeared from reading that to be tough for them to even do oh really because the story was so kind of heavy handed and that right. sort of thing um, but the thing is, is that it really feels 
it feels relatable and real. And Ryan Kelly's pencils are just so beautiful. What's been the tenor of the other issues? What what is the? They've been very. They've, some have been romantic. Some have been whimsical. Some have been um, depressing. It's like the perfect been, series for Brian Wood. Oh yeah, this is. This is. I mean, I can't. I when this trade comes out, it, it, it's going to light everybody if it ever comes out. I don't. I don't remember how many issues this ago, but I'm fine with Ryan Kelly taking his time on the art. But um, because the thing was is that even the art fluctuated in, because there are a lot of flashbacks in this issue, mm-hmm. and the detail of the art and the the look, the feel was able to change. You know, change mode really, you know, quickly and like and make it seem, you know, um, right, yeah, yeah. viable. You know, I'm showing kind of the pages now, and so it's just great. No, this is a great looking book, and I, I it's one of the it's one of those books I'm looking forward to the most when it gets collected. Yeah, together. I cannot recommend it enough. Yeah. So when it comes out in trade, though, I will be getting it at Jim Haley's Universe, and they're having a two day Labor Day sale on Monday, September 3rd, on Tuesday, September 4th. They were offering 20% off everything in the universe. 20% off new comics, old comics, toys, T-shirts, posters, statues, cards. 20% off everything in the universe. Everything in the universe? At both stores and all day long. Jim Haley's universe is located opposite the Empire State Building in Midtown Manhattan at 325 New Dorp Lane in Staten Island. Visit Jim Haley's universe on the web at jhuniverse.com. Jim Haley's universe where art, literature, meet. And visit them at www.myspace.com slash Universe. Um, you're going to be hearing this show on t- Sunday. Well, we're going to do our best to p- release the show early on yeah. Sunday in case anybody catches it on Sunday and you're in the New so York area. if you're area. in the New York area, 20% but off everything in the store. If you wait till Monday morning to listen to the show and you live in the New York area, you, on your lunch hour, get to the store. I mean, right. I, you know, I mean, I know I'm going to do my best to get there because I need some back issues. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. So, awesome. You think they'll sell me their register at 20% off? I could use a new register. Everything in the store, I wonder. They've got some nice shelves there. Yeah. I could use a, I could use a sales rep to come clean my house. Yeah, exactly. 20% off. <laughs> All right, cool. So um, a couple other books just want to, you know, in our kind of little quickly kind of address and discuss. Um, Countdown number 35. Mm-hmm. Um, not so much for the book itself. Right. Um, which I, I, you know, the thing is I know Countdown's getting a lot of, getting kind of hammered online in the blogosphere and stuff like that here and there. Um, I'm enjoying Countdown. I am. I have no problem with it. Uh, this nope. issue was, um, this one was written by actually Sean McKeever as well. That's yeah, um, good week for him. And, uh, and Keith Diffin did the, did the breakdowns and Manuel Garcia did the pencils. Um, but I wanted to call this out because it had a Jay Jones cover, J.G. Yes. Jones cover, that blew my mind. Yeah. And this was actually a really great week for covers. And the other book I want to talk about was Avengers Initi- The Initiative, mm-hmm. which was okay. Nothing wrong. wasn't fantastic. Right. But the Jimmy Chung cover. Ah. It's just, it just like, I, you know, and cover. we get into this whole thing about covers versus interiors and stuff like that. But I – and not to knock the artist on a- Avengers Initiative at mm-hmm. all um, – the the aforementioned um, find the artist I can't find it <laughs> the art um, they don't even put it on the cover that says something about it hang on a second <laughs> wow the artist on Avengers Initiative well, that says, is, do you get disappointed then when you have a great cover and you open it up and it's not the same that's my point is that is that I often feel as if I'm getting sold a different bill of goods when I see a cover and then right. the art inside is different the art is by uh, Stefano Caselli mm-hmm. um, and it's a little um, animation-y Scotty Young style right. you know that sort of thing um, but if this book was was drawn by Jimmy Chung, I I think we'd be singing its praises. Right. Um, just like if Countdown was drawn by JG Jones, it makes me want to go pick up Wanted. Well, you know I never what's... read Wanted, and now I want to see JG Jones pencils. You, you know, know what's interesting about this whole week between Countdown with the JG Jones cover, Fifty Two, The Four Horsemen, and the Countdown to Adventure book, I felt very much Fifty Two ish this week. Yeah, which was a good feeling. I thought. Yeah. Oh yeah, really I, it thing. felt like Fifty Two. Yeah, it did. So, but um, so I did pick up Countdown to Adventure. I um, did as well. Yep. And I liked it. I, I did, really like Adam Strange. I had a Strange. lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I really like Adam Strange. I really like Animal Man. I like this team together. Well, you, know what? you know who I don't like? Uh, the, Blue Girl. Whatever her name is? Yeah. Forerunner. Forerunner. I didn't read that last part at the end. Yeah. I started to, and I went, you know what? No. Yeah. It's too much. But uh, in 52, when, I, remember, I remember for a while, we were like, this space storyline with Adam Strange and Starfire and Animal Man's kind of wonky. Yep. And Lobo, I'm not really getting it. And then it got really good. And then good. it got really awesome. Yeah. And it ended really strong. Yep. And I think this is continuing. I think the dynamic, for some reason, between Adam Strange, Starfire, and Animal Man is really great. Yep. I love the fact that um, I love the – because you know what it's exploring that I really like is Starfire – all right. They all went into space. They felt life and death. I thought Animal Man died. They went through a lot together for yeah. a whole year. Yeah. You, that builds a bond that you, that, that you can't face with anyone else. Animal Man is feeling that now with his wife. Starfire shows up at Animal Man's door, passes out for like a week. Yeah. And now she's basically living in his house. And 
Animal Man and Starfire have this bond that Animal Man doesn't have with his wife. And right. That's a and very so interesting dyna- dynamic to explore. Now, my only, my only issue with that is that it's convenient to have Starfire be sta- – and eventually it ends with Starfire deciding to stay with them. Right. But – and Adam's w- – not Animal Man's wife, right. Buddy – is it Buddy or that's Buddy's the kid's wife. name? Yeah, Buddy's or, wife. What's the kid's name? I hate the kid. The I've kid's o- annoying. Yeah. I hated the kid all the way back to the Grant Morrison series. <laughs> um, but um, Animal Man – wants you know Corey to stay wants starfire to stay and animal man's wife is like shouldn't she go talk to the titans and then starfire is like and then and she's like shouldn't you go to the titans when she wakes up and starfire is like no they'll just want to give me my powers back and run tests on me i'll stay here she's called they're calling the titans i don't care i mean realistically it was a little bit of a plot device to conveniently yeah, almost sitcom-esque yeah. to leave her in the house i understand why but mm. that was my only nitpick the Adam Strange stuff I thought was great because Adam Strange is back on Ran. He's with his family. In his absence, Ran got a new, got a new Adam Strange from Earth. And, He's an asshole. Yeah, and they get into a fight. It's, it was fantastic. I thought the pencils were great. It was a good-looking book. Beechin, we're a big fan of Adam Beechin. You know, I thought you know? I, this, was, this, was a, this, this week has so many levels to it. Another level yeah. to it is the only misstep I've had, I've had from Beechin, I love – obviously, we all know I love the Robin. We all love yep. the Robin book. Um, his Titans arc was was sort of average. Yeah. I thought maybe because he got pulled on and off, yeah. and it just didn't click. Whatever. It was a busy time so bringing Titans back to glory was great, and then bringing Adam Beechin back to glory was great because yep. this was a fantastic Adam uh, Beechin work. It's a sort of reminiscent of the quality he puts into Robin. Yep. If you read Teen Titans and you read Robin, this is the Robin Adam Beechin. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. I liked it a lot. So it, it was a weird week. And really, really quickly, Batman the annual twenty six. Um, the origin of Razal 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 depends on where you hear the name. Yeah. Um, this is important because the next big event in Batman books is the return of Razal Uh okay. He's been dead for a while, and the annoying kid Damien. Yep. The whole point of his because he's Razal grandson. Right, yep. and the whole idea of his existence was they need a body. For for Roz. Yeah, because yeah. he's 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 living. His consciousness is in the Lazarus pit. Oh, so is that Kid Damien going to become the new Ra's Well, they tried to shove him in the pit, and he escaped, and this other guy got shoved in the pit. <laughs> like the janitor? <laughs> like the, the, the security guard standing outside? Me, what's ah! <laughs> it burns! It's slippery! Ah! Um, and this is basically the whole issue is, 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 is Tal, Talia, Damien's mother, reading to him the story of his grandfather, which is... You know, the typical time traveler story where you find out he's Ra's al Ghul was Jack the Ripper and he was, you know. He was? He, no, he wasn't. He was Jack the Ripper and he he, he also wrote the H.G. Wells books. And oh, my God. They always do that in comics when there's, there's something immortal. Did Morrison Like Vandal Savage was like yeah. everybody in history. No, this was not. This was Peter Milligan. Oh, the poor man's Grant Morrison. Yes. Yeah. Um, but but I liked I liked they gave Damien meaning. Yeah. The whole point Game was they introduced, they introduced this kid. And then basically did nothing. It with was him. kind of foisted on you, and it was a big it? deal. Yeah, yeah. And then nothing. But now you see there was a point. The point was to bring back Ra's al Ghul, and whether or not he's going to be back in this guy who's all an albino. That's another. <laughs> oh, that's thing. awesome. The albino maintenance guy. Yes. Um, real quickly, he there works was... inside because the light is hard on his skin. <laughs> and the last book, just want to mention, um, Marvel put out the last Fantastic Four story by Stanley and John Romita Jr. Yes. Um, uh, if you want to know what. I think of it. Go read Augie DeBleek's column on Comic Book Resources this week. He summed it up perfectly, and I can't, I can't, even, I can't hold a candle to the words that Augie did. Um, so yeah. So. Boy, John Romita Jr. can draw, can he? He can draw. He sure can draw. All right. Yeah, so that, moving on. Anyway, um, okay. So on to the email. So yes. it was, it was an interesting week. Um, okay, on to the email. Our first email. Um, is, I, it's actually from Shane from Whitehorse, the Yukon uh, in Canada. Oh wow, Yukon. He's way, that's way up there. Cornelius Yukon. Yukon Ho. Remember that Calvin Hobbes book? I do, yeah. I, I do remember that one, yeah. I, yep. Do you remember Cornelius Yukon? No. From Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? I don't. Yeah, he was the guy with the beard. The, the, I think his name was Cornelius Yukon. Yukon no. Cornelius. That's what his name was. <laughs> he was boistery and he had the pickaxe and he tasted... sure he didn't tasted... fight Shaft? No, no. In Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, when he runs away uh-huh. and, him and, the, and him and the elf and they meet up with the guy with the dog sled... I don't remember. I'm it's Yukon Cornelius. All right. Oh, son That's of a bitch. fantastic. Um, right. So, uh, Shane. Fog, he goes, this fog is as thick as uh, peanut butter or something. <laughs> and the elf goes, don't you mean pea soup? He's like, no, if I meant pea soup, I would have said pea soup. It was very funny. <laughs> oh, I'm ranking that best. Shane from the Yukon says, my fiance and I are thinking about going out to a con as part of our honeymoon next year. Our first thought is to go, to big, is to go big and hit up Comic-Con, although it looks as if it's one big-ass line after another. My question is, what can you recommend for cons for first-time con-goers? We are both interested in the comic aspect. I read primarily Marvel and issues with a bit of Batman sprinkle on the side. We both read books and trade, like Fables, of course, Fell, Wanted, Batman, etc. 
We also have an interest in the movie aspect, although we are not keen on standing in line for the whole day. So should he, he go big question. or go, well, go home? Here's my advice. I don't know what kind of budget you have. And I don't know what kind of time you're looking at for your honeymoon. Mm-hmm. I think you can't go wrong with going to San Diego because as long as you don't make the con the center of everything because you'll be disappointed. If you go to San Diego for a week, week and a half, and go to the beach, go to the zoo, go to the, you know, do, right. you know, live it up, um, go to TJ maybe. <laughs> um, if you live it up and then you also go to the con, that will definitely scratch your itch of the movies and all that kind of stuff. If it doesn't, and maybe correct me if I – Well, you've, you've hit a whole, a whole gamut of cons this yes. year. So you're probably the best person to ask. I'm it, it, painful. My, my feet hurt. Um, if San Diego is too much, I actually would recommend come and come to our neck of the woods and come to New York next year. New York, New York is is become like a mini San Diego. It's going to be in April, not in February, like it was last year. So it's going to be cooler. What other place to cooler, go? Cold, I mean, warmer, warmer. Yeah, it's going to be warmer, not colder. What other place to go than New York? You can see the sights. You can see right. the Statue of Liberty. You can see, you know, it's April. You can go to a baseball game. Um, because you know, New York kind of had a little bit of the movie. It had a, it had a Battlestar Galactica panel. Yeah. It had a little. It had a little bit of the movie. No other con can compete with San Diego for that that kind of aspect. for that multimedia aspect right. of it. Um, like like Wizard World had a Batman panel, but, but that was it. Chicago, Wizard I mean, World, Chicago, yeah. yeah. Uh, and the other was the other cons are all comic based, really. Yeah, I mean, I mean WonderCon and well, and and uh, HeroesCon, they's all comic books. And I, I was going to say is once you go once you go from San Diego down to New York, then the next level below that, I'd say Wizard World Chicago, WonderCon in San Francisco, MegaCon in Orlando, HeroesCon in in uh, Charlotte, and Emerald City Con in Seattle. Those are comics focused. Mm-hmm. They're really good shows. And they're in great cities that you can have a good time in. So right. really, it's kind of like, what city do you want to go to? And just go. I yeah. think it's a great idea. So I don't think you can go around San Diego. And, and despite the videos, there's not all lines. No, it's not. No. And the thing is, is that it, it can we be We like all, to play up the joke of the yeah, lines, I mean, yeah, There are lines, but it's not all lines. Right. And the thing is, is that depending on what you want to do... Actually, it is. It, it is all lines. It is all lines. <laughs> Wait a but, minute. But, what am I but, saying? It's but no, all the, lines. The thing is it depends on what you want to do. Like for yeah. example, like for us, we're out and about running about the floor. We're not the people to compare it to. But for example, you know, I know a lot of our listeners went there. You're there Thursday and Friday and you're doing comic stuff. And on Saturday, you just go and sit in Hall H and you watch the movie panels. Right. And then Sunday, you, you do more comic stuff. You can balance that and not just sit in the, sit in a line right. the whole time. So yeah. anyway. All right. So thank you, Shane. And congratulations on your impending nuptials. Um, our next email comes from our friend Will, also known as Six Gun on the forums. Um, he's been saving up a, a question for us for the podcast. He wants to know, what did Connor think about Eddie Campbell and C. Gabby Mitchell's Black Diamond Detective Agency? Of course, if either Ron or John picked it up as well, he'd love to hear his thoughts as well. John? No, Josh. John. Did I say John? Yeah, you did. Josh. Ron or John. Um, Ron or Josh did not pick up Black Diamond Detective Agency. No. Did Connor pick it I up? I picked it up when it came out. It was from First Second Press. Um, Fuck, I had no, I didn't, I never even heard of this book. Yeah, it's a, it's a. Oh, was that the, was that the one? Was that the one that was like uh, based on the past, but wasn't? It's a, yeah. it's a, no, it's a history, it's a tr- history. It's, yeah, yeah. I saw it at Isotope book. when I was there once. Yeah, it's a yeah. little, it's in like little digest size. Yeah, but it's hardcover. I remember. Um, what did you think of it? It, if Eddie Campbell wrote, wrote and drew, um, it looked fantastic. People who. I've only been exposed to Eddie Campbell through From Hell. It's a completely different art style. Yep. It's more painted. Uh, it's not scratchy like From Hell is. So I know some people just don't like the art from Hell. So yeah. that's important to know. Eddie, just so you know, don't judge Eddie Campbell on From Hell. Yeah, he's Eddie got a, Campbell he's is one of, one of the best artists in our business. And the stuff he does, the Alec Life of an Artist and mm-hmm. stuff like that, the stuff he does is amazing. He, so, might, uh, he changes his style for projects. But yeah. um, Basically, it's a story of a, a train blows up. It's, it's an Old West tale. It's in the, it's in the late 19th century. A uh, train blows up, and it's basically them finding the uh, people responsible and the Black Diamond Detective Agency is involved. And there's, and then the, 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 I didn't need a summary. Just was it good? It, it, the, story goes, <laughs> the story goes off in ways you don't, you don't expect. Um, was it good? It was, okay. it was, it was good, <laughs> not great. Okay. It, it, I think the story was a, a B? little... It was a B, B minus. I think wow. the story was a little light. Um, there wasn't a whole lot there. Okay. But it was fun. I didn't regret reading it. I had a good time. But I, I would have liked more substance to the story. It was a little, little surfacey. Okay. But it was, it was good. Cool. And, you know, you can't go It looked freaking awesome. Yeah, you know, I believe it. Book. So yeah. I recommend if you like history, true history books, crime, um, it's good stuff. Not great, but good. Uh, <laughs> Wally writes in and says... I've been reading comics for about a year, and I've often come across some comics that are annuals, and I pick them up and have no clue what's going on in them. So my question is, what is an annual in comic books? What is their purpose, and what are they good for? 
Do I need to pick them up? All right, well, let's answer his questions in reverse. Okay. Do I need to pick them up? Sometimes, no. Sometimes. Sometimes. Um, what are they good for? What is their purpose? And what is an annual? I think it was all the same question. Mm-hmm. An annual is a issue of a title of a book that comes out once a year. Usually annually. the summertime. Usually the summertime, although it seems to be they seem to be mixing yeah. it whenever they want to. Annuals used to – were they the fifth week event? Was that what it was? Mm, no. Cause in the, mm. I thought they were. I thought they started off because uh, – Well, it's in, important though annuals now are not what annuals used right, to be. Well, yeah. So what annuals – as I drop my script. What annuals used to be, and they might have been the fifth week event. In comics, there's a thing that happens where because of the shipping schedules and the way the calendar fluctuates, that sort of thing, there t- sometimes is an extra week. Right. And quite often, like um, like – Eight years ago, so DC tried to play up that extra week, and they did the tangent line of comics, right. and they did like this all kind of fifth week kind of events. Um, I don't know if annuals came out during those fifth weeks, and I'm sure a comic book historian better than me would know that. But what they were was is that they were books that came out. They tended to be thicker than the average issue, 48 page, 64 yep. page is- issues, um, and they tended to be a collection of stories, like an anthology about the character. They were focused purely on the calendars, characters out of the continuity of the normal book. What Marvel started doing in the 80s was putting a storyline throughout the annuals. So you had Atlantis attacks. You right. had things like that. That was a crossover, but happened in the annuals that you didn't need to read. You they were self-contained. Yeah, exactly. I used to love the and annuals. And DC did the same thing. And, oh, did suit. they? Did yeah. they? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I used to love the annuals because too, yeah. they were this. They were uh, as a kid, they were a big I- issue of my of my favorite artists. I remember well, some of the best stuff happened in the annuals. I remember, yeah, exactly. I remember one year the all the mutant annuals all had Mignola covers, like in right. '89 or '90, and I just was like, oh, this art is amazing, and this, you know. So, um, but um, well, like so, like so, the seminal storylines, Armageddon 2001, yep. took place in all of the annuals throughout the summertime. Yeah, and that you know it would universe spanning events would happen only in the annuals in the summertime. Yeah. Um, now they have pretty much been abandoned. Yeah. Marvel, I don't think Marvel even puts them out anymore. No, they do. They do, but sporadically. I know, I, I know Bendis was talking about um, doing the Mighty Avengers annual. Um, I heard him on Fanboy Radio, actually. Yeah. I, just, I mean, yeah. the, the show Batman Annual 26 came out, but I don't remember the last time I bought it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's going to relate to the books. Do you know what? Need to buy it. The New Avengers annual was the um, wedding issue. Yes. Yeah. So. But they're not regular. They're you, don't, not, yeah. you don't get like all the annuals coming out in the summertime. Like so the thing is, if you like the characters, then pick them up. So. It's extra stuff. All right, so our last question comes from Adam, who asks, don't you think comics help improve the memory? He means juggling characters and stories from at least 10 different books, at least two different universes, remembering 28 days later exactly where you left off. That's got to be a workout for the brain. Um, actually, I've been listening to some of your old podcasts, and I think you, you all find it hard to remember from month to month. Um, you would think it would be good for the brain, a nice exercise? It's it seems not. to be hurting it. It hurts my brain. Um, I go back and look at my issues. Comics are good for lots of things. I don't know about memory. They might be good for I could see the argument, but as we get older, our memory might it's brain go. brain food. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's stimulating. It's good so for the vocabulary. Might be it's good for the... Adam, know. you should write a paper on this. Yeah. So, All right, so if you have a question, you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com. Yep. All right, so on to the voicemail. Our first voicemail, um, is that so much a question, rather a little comment? Hey, it's Aaron from Durham. Um, so... I'll give you this. I haven't bought a comic comic book since 94. I did buy Iron Man, Director of S.H.I.E.L.D., World War Hulk, um, and loved it. But I just started listening to the show, and you compared Booster Gold to the character that Ayn Rand would write if you were for DC. Um, I remember reading Booster Gold in, what, 86, 87, when he was a new character? Um... I love it. I love the show. I love you guys. I never thought I'd hear a DC character um, equated with someone that Ayn Rand would come up with. Um, I love that comparison. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. <laughs> I'm glad he enjoyed that. I, for one, can't believe I made that comparison either. So, <laughs> well, you, you've you've elevated the level of discourse. Of discourse, yes. And uh, go to your local library and look up the Fountainhead, and then you'll then come back. Or Wikipedia. Or Wikipedia. Yeah. So. You don't have to actually go outside anymore to learn things. You can actually <laughs> uh, just do it from the comfort of your own home. And my mother, the librarian, hates us. I'm sorry. All right. So our next uh, next voicemail is actually a question. Hi, this is Chris in Cleveland, and I'm probably behind on the shows a bit, but I'm listening to the one where. You guys are talking about all the artists and writers wanting to work on Doctor Strange or Blade, etc., and those books never actually selling that well, yet being very popular among creators. Well, why not just resurrect the Defenders? You could have a bunch of these supernatural-esque characters all in one team again, 
And you could have different, you know, centric issues, the Blade storyline, the Doctor Strange storyline, every few issues. And that way you don't have to worry about each of these characters, you know, carrying a whole book. That's all I got. Not really thought out that much, but first thing I thought of. Thanks. Love the show. That's a fantastic idea. I didn't even think of that idea. But the thing is, they did bring up the Defenders and nobody bought it. When? Uh, Giffen, Dematias, Maguire. Yeah, but still. But as an not, ongoing? That, but that's how the Defenders people want. That was a jokey... Yeah. I... Bring back the real Defenders, have Doctor Strange lead the team, and use that to pull in the occult. Well, just do it. I mean, people, people. I think people want it. I think people want it done like a, like the Avengers, like a serious action book. I think the Giffen thing was a special case. I thought even I... It was just a cheaper buff of Justice League. Yeah. Oh, was, but I, I would buy I would buy the Defenders. I would buy Doctor Strange, you know, Blade, Silver Surfer. Interesting. I'd buy that. Wow. I always bought the Defenders when I was a kid. Those are fun. That's a oh. good idea, though. All right, cool. All right, our next voicemail um, is a question not so much about the comics, but the people who make comics. Hey, this is Jeff from Texas. Uh, I had a question. Um, I'm a member of the Newsarama boards, and there's a lot of creators on the boards. And uh, last week, I think it was last week, uh, Rags Morales and Rob Liefeld fucking got into it on the boards, and I noticed that a lot of artists are a lot more quick to like throw shit out there that's very volatile and sort of defend themselves in sort of a almost juvenile kind of way. And I mean, I've seen I've seen some writers do it too, but it seems that artists like John Byrne, Rob Liefeld, these kind of people uh, are are always really quick to you know curse the motherfucker out, basically. And I was wondering why it seems that artists are more likely to do that than writers when you think that a writer could just really hurt someone with their words a lot more. You know, I mean, is it that artists don't get a chance to normally, or what's the deal? Thanks, guys. I did see that argument between Rags Morales oh, and Rob Liefeld. It got, it, it, got, it got nasty. I don't exactly know what it was about. Um, <laughs> I just saw the nasty points, and I just, I just kind of clicked through and I moved on. Um, it's so easy to fight on the Internet. It is easy to find on the internet. I think I, it's. I think a, it's easy to find on the internet. B, I don't really think it's a distinction between writers or artists because there are some writers who can get into it. Yeah. Um. You don't often hear about them, but I think also often it has to do with just how, what the person's saying and their reputation. John Byrne and Rob Liefeld are two people with very big reputations. They're also open-minded. Right. Not open-minded. They're very um, <laughs> open-mouthed. Open-mouthed. Close-minded. Close-minded. But if you remember, there was a big argument in the 90s between Todd McFarlane and Peter David, right. who's a writer. So A um, lot of writers tend to have their own communities. Yeah. Warren Ellis. Yeah, he's a, bi- he's a big mouth. He's a big mouth, and he, but he keeps it in his community. It doesn't, yep. go, it doesn't erupt the newsarama. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, the fact that when... And honestly, I mean, we don't work in the comics industry, and, no. and, and at least the two of us don't have any ambitions to. If I worked in the comic book industry, I'd be embarrassed by that. I mean, I'll send oh, yeah. you the thread. It was embar- I, I'm embarrassed for Rob Liefeld. I wouldn't. I if I were, I wouldn't be even look at those websites. Yeah, yeah. that's so bad. Anyway, so um, so thank but you. Why? But why is it? Is it always writers and not artists? Do you think? No, or? I think it could be anybody. I think it has to be the person personality. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So because I true. right there, Warren Ellis, Peter David are right. two examples of yeah, writers. That's yeah. true. Peter David, Tom McFarlane. Yep. Yep. So, um, but again, they've got the writers tend to have their own space for that stuff, or they're just writing. Yeah, but you know. Internet fights can break out anywhere, so sure. we know that better than anybody. So, um, <laughs> hey, all right. So, and then finally, our last voicemail is from Jeff again, who it's doesn't really have fun. a question, just wanted to share something with us. Hey, this is Jeff from Texas again. Uh, this is not a comic book uh, iFanboy, like you know, a little. You don't have to put this on the on the show, but I'm on the Netflix now, and I'm systematically going through every Sigourney Weaver movie ever made that I haven't seen yet, uh, which is around about I don't know ten or fifteen. But I just got Imaginary Heroes. I just watched it. It's badass. You guys need to see that shit. Okay? Bye. He didn't really want that played, but it made us laugh. It made so. us laugh. So let's go to the show. <laughs> All right. That teaches you, Jeff. Okay, so... Um, and he's opening up. He's finding new... Yeah, I think explore, that, I, I, that idea of picking one actor or actress and just diving into their OVR, into their IMDb database, is a great... If I had the time, I would love to do that. That's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, I would start with Charles Grodin, because I hate him, <laughs> and I want to learn to like him. So if you um, want to call us and tell us what you've been watching on Netflix, you can call us at 1-888-FANBOYS. That's 1-888-326-2697. And that's a perfect, perfect time segue. to talk about the Netflix. Um, Netflix, uh, you can go there and rent the DVD movies. They've got over 75,000 titles, no late fees, free shipping both ways. They send it right to your house. You watch it. You mail it back to them. they got plans starting from four ninety nine and up. And when you go to www.netflix.com forward slash iFanboy, you get a free two-week trial. 
Um, I just recently got Art School Confidential, the movie based on the Dan Close comic. It's yeah, not well, good. I rented it. I didn't buy it. So. I um, I just sent back to Good Shepherd, and now I'm all paranoid about the CIA. And <laughs> I am. Getting, You're always paranoid about the CIA. What am I getting back? I'm getting back uh, something. I I'm don't sure know. it's good. Well, you can go to Netflix.com. I know I just bumped up the commitments on the list. Yeah, you can go to Netflix.com, www.netflix.com forward slash iFanboy, sign up, become one of our friends. Um, just look for us by our email addresses, and um, you can see what Connor rented. So I really don't know. So you tell me. Yeah, you write if in. You see it. Tell me. Write me in to email. Connor. Let him know. Yeah. All right. So um, I think that about wraps it up. But we got a whole host of um, news and items to discuss with y'all. Yeah. So um, so first we want to remind everybody. Also, you can go to jinx.com forward slash ifanboy uh, where you can pick up uh, t-shirts. Ifanboy t-shirts. Ifanboy t-shirts. I love my ifanboy t-shirts. Yes, and you can be an intern. Yeah. Join the intern nation. Yes. Um, so our next uh, bit is about our video show. If you if you aren't aware, we have a video show that comes out every week um, where we cover conventions, do interviews with creators, talk about comics. Um, this week uh, we've got our summer wrap-up where we're taking all all viewer emails. Viewer email by the pool. By the pool. So Normally yeah. this is where we say it's every Wednesday at 3 o'clock. But the times there are changing. Yeah. We, 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 um, uh, as fall is coming, the new TV lineups are coming, and we've got a little bit of shift in our schedule. And now you could get the new episode of iFanboy every Saturday starting this week. So this upcoming Saturday, this Wednesday, will not be a video show. This upcoming Saturday, it will pop up in your feeds. Um, or if you go on, online to watch it, you can go to iFanboy.com or revision3.com forward slash iFanboy and watch it there. It will be there Monday when you get to work if you like to watch it at work. Um, or it will be there Wednesday if you yeah. want to – if you're just – yeah, yeah, if you want to wait till Wednesday, that's fine. new comics and watch iFanboy, it'll still be there on Wednesday. Exactly. So just a reminder, the new video show is on Saturday. Another big announcement is this is episode 96. That yes. means one month until the 100th episode. Wow. And in honor of the 100th episode, we are going to be doing a live 100th episode Recording, yes, live to tape. We've been we've been out and about throughout the entire country this year. We've done a live show in Charlotte. We did a live show in San Diego that never actually got published. Um, we've done a couple appearances. We've been we've kind of ignored our hometown. Yep. So um, one night only uh, on September <laughs> For one night only on September 29th, you can come to Jim Hanley's Universe, who've been kind enough to host us in Manhattan. Yep. And we will be recording the hundredth episode extravaganza there. Um, we are still working it out, so we don't know the time. And there's going to be an after party yeah. for everybody to come and hang out. So I'll just come to the show, we'll come, and then afterwards we'll all go to one of the many Irish pubs around the <laughs> neighborhood and get drunk. I will so not. I will try not to do my best beg me impression. So stay. So stay tuned for details on times and in the after party place. But and there so, may there may be special guests. And then we may have some special guests. There still may be on that. some excitement there. There may be some things you could get that you can take home with you. No excitement. Uh, um, but ultimately, so pencil in September 29th. If you live in the New York metro area or the greater Northeast, come on down. We'd love to see you. We'd love to meet you and hang out with you. It's so, going to be a good time. So keep listening here and go to ifanboy.com for details. We're going to put a post up about with all this information and we'll update that as we get more info exactly so and if you have any questions or anything as uh, mentioned earlier you can email us at contact at ifanboy.com or leave a voicemail at one eight 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 fanboys that's one eight 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 three two six two six nine seven. and as always go to ifanboy.com for the best discussion and we you know there have been a lot of great uh, um, topics talked about this week see what everyone else has been reading on the pick of the week thread we've got some great posts up about kind of what we've been thinking about comics and hearing what you guys think ifanboy.com is a great place to go uh, and if you want to tell us where you're from go to frapper.com slash ifanboy that's f-r-a-p-p-r dot com slash ifanboy you can uh, go there or you can go to there's a link at the front page of ifanboy click in the upper right hand corner put your pin in the map and represent if, yourself and if you can fill some time we can give a couple of frapper shout outs yes well, while Ron <laughs> looks uh, you can also go to myspace.com slash ifanboy or comicspace.com slash ifanboy be our friend there also verb.com which is v-i-r-b dot com slash ifanboy and there's also twitter.com slash ifanboy where you can uh, get our musings as well as our own personal twitter accounts and there's the ifanboy group on facebook to join which is a lot of fun facebook has been yes. growing send us uh, friend requests uh, we like to join also our personal accounts on uh, myspace and facebook and verb as well except for josh because he for some reason is Anti-verb. Refuses. How's my fill going? You there so, yet? yeah, we're all set. Okay. So if you go to frapper.com for us, that's that fanboy, you can see Michael, quote-unquote, change, who says, yo, yo, you guys rock. Short-time listener, long-time fan. Interesting. Weird. How's that work? Um, Monica from Guadalajara, Mexico, says she loves comics. Well, awesome. Um, Chris from uh, Fishers, Indiana. 
and Chris from Lowell, Mass., who we talked about last week. So, <laughs> anyway, double so, shout out for Chris. Go, yeah. So, um, and also, if you're like Chris and you really like the iFanboy, you can go to uh, podcastalley.com or and vote for us or leave a, or leave a review. You can go to iTunes where you can subscribe to us and you can leave a review there as well, as well as for our video show. If you like your video show, please, please leave comments as well as comments yes. on the on the audio show. Um, and also, dig.com has got a great podcasting section where you can dig us there and leave comments and quotes there. So. That's it. That about wraps it up, I think. So um, this is a f- week one without Josh. I like doing the podcast from the floor. It's nice. It's nice. Um, it's comfy. You're lower to the ground, so the heat yeah. really isn't getting to you. And so yeah, I'm stretched good. out. It's nice. It's good for my bones. <laughs> I'm a big guy. I got to stretch. You know? <laughs> All right. So um, <laughs> until next week, um, which will be week number two without Josh, maybe there'll be somebody else in the hot seat. We don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Um, until then, I'm Ron. I'm Connor on the floor. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Or we'll hear you next time. Casey's already left town I know Sunday feels like Monday with you around I'm working on lessons zero She's watching that rabbit in